Hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome once again to the Long Distance Work Life Podcast. I am your humble servant, Wayne Tremell. This is the podcast where we look at remote work, technology, leadership, and just surviving, thriving, keeping the weasels at bay in this crazy world of remote work and all the changes associated with it. This is one of our Marissa Free episodes, not that that makes it better, just different, because I am talking to a longtime colleague of mine, somebody I've known for a while, and I think it's high time we had this conversation. So I am being joined by Abhi Chug, who you should be able to see on the screen. There he is. And we are talking about... Uh, the metrics that managers need to follow and how do we do that and how does software play a role and why does that freak people out? So that's what we're going to be chatting about. Joining us from Bangalore, Abhi, my friend, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being had. So very quickly, uh, tell the folks what PeopleBox does. Thank you. Uh, so what our vision is to build an operating system of strategy execution for high growth companies. And, and that sounds like a very complicated sentence, so I'll, I'll make it very simple. Uh, a lot of time in companies, and especially as the remote hits, uh, companies, people, different departments are very misaligned. You know, they're they not really sure what are the strategic priorities, what are our key goals. So just imagine a central system in the company. In any company which is going pretty fast, uh, in, and in that central system, all your strategic priorities, all your cross-functional goals, all your initiatives are aligned, tracked, and achieved. And that is a system we are trying to create or we have built, which helps companies execute their strategy faster and get, get better business results. Now, that, of course, sounds fabulous, like all technology sounds fabulous, because you're building it to solve a problem, and Lord knows misalignment is a problem. Uh, as you roll it out in companies, especially remote-first and, and hybrid companies, mm -hmm. what are the misalignments? What are people missing out on yeah. that they need the help with? I think I think that's a great question. And a lot of time people don't understand what exactly is misalignment. People think that a misalignment is all about a lot of leadership or the employees not knowing what our number one goal is. And I don't think that's true because a goal is usually a number. It could be a revenue. It could be a user, a margin. It, it is generally a number. And, and leaders make sure that they communicate that number so frequently that everybody knows we want to achieve $100 million revenue. We want to go and achieve... 3.5% margin, or we want to go and achieve uh, 50 million monthly active users, that's very easy. I think the misalignment happens when people don't know what our focus is. So if you, and, and this is what I always say to the founders, that wake your top leadership in the middle of the night and ask them, what are our top three priorities for this quarter? And see how they answer it and how misaligned they are. And a lot of times people come back and say, forget about our leaders, we founders are misaligned, you know, while our, one of our co-founders say this and we say this. So a lot of misalignment happens on what are our focus or strategic priorities is. And what has actually made it really worse is the whole pandemic-induced remote work because no longer now employees are under the same roof. They're working from home and misalignment is now more visible and painful. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that have happened. And, and you point out 
the pandemic, that's kind of the the watershed moment, right? There was the before times and now there's now there's now. Um, In the before times, you had misalignment across teams, across functions. But I think with remote work, people become very focused on their nuclear team. Rightly so, right? We're trying to get the team through this and stay in communication. But the cross-pollination with other departments and other teams doesn't happen the way it did when you had to look at each other in the cafeteria. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think I think the, the 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 place where we come in, which is to build that central system where cross-line goals are uh you know tracked, it, it primarily there are I would say two things which changed it. I mean, imagine like maybe five or ten years ago, uh, and think of any company, like the, the goals tracking happens in silos. Uh, every department has their own maybe a spreadsheet or a dashboard or a PPT. And usually nowhere you can't find or go to a place where you see how sales goals are aligned with the product goals or design goals are aligned with the marketing goals. It just doesn't happen. Now, two things really changed this. One was this whole introduction to the framework of OKRs, uh, you know, primarily invented by, of course, Andy Grove in Intel, but made famous by John Doerr and Google. And then you see all these amazing hypergrowth startups like Spotify, Twitter, LinkedIn adopting it, you know, and, and startups are usually at the forefront of adopting it because, again, for them, execution is everything. They have everything else. Okay, they have okay so they have for for the uninitiated, let's not, we try on this show not to go down the jargon road. OKR <laughs> stands for? OKRs are a goals framework, stands for objective and key results. So it's 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 drastically different from the traditional goals like KPIs, which is key performance indicators or KRA, which is key results area. What OKRs make sure is that your goals also have strategy in it. So to give an example, let's suppose you are a company who are at say $10 million revenue and you wanna in the next one year achieve $25 million revenue. So you will put your number one company goals as achieve $25 million revenue from current $10 million. That's a typical KPI or KRA. What OKR goes and says that that's not a great goal. The reason why that's not a great goal is because that doesn't answer the question how. How are you going to do that? What is it that you're going to focus on which will help you achieve? So OKR primarily breaks the goal into two different pieces. One is the objective. Where do you want to go and what is your focus or strategy around it? So you so so that could be like become the... The, the most customer-centric company in India or become the fastest, say, CRM system. So it is your strategy which is underlying. It could be anything. For Amazon, it's customer service. For Google, it's innovation. But what they actually f- highlight is the focus, okay? And that's make it really different. And then the key result is just the number. How do you measure it? How do you know that you are going to go and achieve that? So OKR is prime. It, it's, it's a very famous, very uh, one of the fastest-growing uh, sort of framework. Almost every company now, from startups to the Nikes and the IBMs and the you know uh, Cap Gemini of the world are adopting it, uh, and and that's what OKRs is. So, so that was the sort of a first step towards building this cross-aligned uh, goal system. Okay, but so I'm going to stop. I'm going to yeah. stop you there uh, because that's fine at a high level. We're talking about strategies. Now we need to take it down to the managers. Yes. Yes. And, and, and so 
the company yeah. has goals and strategies and we've got stuff in place and now it's dropped in my lap as the manager. What? Yeah. And I know that people box has the structure and the, the ways of putting all this in, but it's always what problem are you trying to solve? Right? So okay. what are managers and teams not doing that get in the way of, executing the, the strategy Absolutely. and aligning it. I, I think you ask a really good question. What is the problem we're trying to solve? And ultimately, when you look at either the managers or the uh, the leadership or the business heads, they're ultimately trying to solve what we call the two R's, the results and the retention, which is everybody's aligned from an employee to his or her manager to his or her manager to the HR to the leadership. They all want these two R's. They want faster results. They want better retention. Okay. Now, when it comes to managers, you know, what are the challenges that they face in achieving better results and retention? And, and the number one challenge that they face themselves is misalignment. You know, like the, are the employees aligned or, or clear about how their work is aligned to the overall company purpose? Are they all working towards what the company's number one focus or priority is? You know? And having that clarity is very important. When we run engagement surveys, one of the very important questions we ask is uh, how happy are you working at the company or how motivated are you working at the under the manager? They are very high level questions, but when you dig deep on why they are unhappy you know, working at the company, the number one thing comes is the work clarity. They are not really clear about their role. They're not really clear about their job description. They're not really clear. Like they're really amazed by the company vision, what the company is doing, but they're not really clear that how the work, the day-to-day -day task that I am doing, how is that aligned to the overall company vision? And that problem is solved if somehow you can build a system which makes sure that any employee, even an intern is the company, is able to align his or her work all the way to the company's strategic priorities or their overall mission and that's the challenge we try to solve and that helps manage it to a great level because that makes sure that we are all going into the same direction there the work doesn't happen in silos there is no chaos and we all you know while we are collaborating or while we are you know working in a unit direction we all are working towards a simple goal so it, it makes perfect sense on some level if you know, I'm struggling to do this on my own. It makes sense that there is a structure and there are steps and procedures to help me do that. And, <laughs> and um, whenever a company puts in a, a tool like this, I have seen it time and time and time again that Everybody agrees this is a problem. Everybody agrees that this would solve it. And they immediately fight the technology. They immediately resist having to follow the procedures. Even though what, it, what was happening before wasn't working, there is just something about codifying and making this that much of a process that seems to make people crazy. What has been people's experience, not just with PeopleSoft, but you've been in this business a long time. Um, yeah. Why do you think there is that resistance and how does an organization overcome it if they want people to use the darn thing? I, I think that's a, that's a wonderful question. And, and I 100% I, I agree with you that the, one of the biggest challenge 
uh, in software, and especially in a software which changes, which brings some sort of a change management, is a huge resistance. And uh, I, I think the only way to go and solve that resistance is if you understand that where that resistance is coming from. Uh, and let's just take our example. You want to build a system uh, where all your cross-functional goals, which means your marketing, your company goals, your uh, initiatives by the product and engineering, they're all at one place, okay? Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that if I'm an engineer who is working in, say, a tool like Jira, or if I'm a sales guy who's working in a CRM system like a Salesforce or HubSpot, I have to go and do double entries, I have to go and update it in Salesforce, and then I have to go and do it in central system, that's just bad. I mean, I would myself resist that because you are just increasing my job. Uh, and one of the major challenges happens when some of these software systems create more overheads and more work for the people, you know, just to solve a certain problem. Okay? Uh, and that has been uh, our experience that if you ask people to do something so that it solves a larger problem, you are staring at a failure. And what we try to do there is to make technology your friend and not the foe. And we go and say that is the best way to go and solve that problem is through some magically easy tracking of goals through deep integration. What that means is that imagine that you're a sales guy and you use Salesforce and you go and enter everything, you know, all your deals, all your leads, all your studies into the Salesforce. And the moment you do that, through the integration, through an invisible software, the central system is automatically updated. That's a really, really welcome move because now I don't have to go and do double one. And in fact, when I have to go and present to my leadership, I don't have to copy paste or I don't have to download. I don't have to export something and paste it in a PPT or a spreadsheet. I already have a, a ready-made data available for me. So the, the answer to this adoption or the resistance challenge is to how do you make it so magically easy for people to do their work and reduce the time and i give you a very good example let's just take a simple example of business reviews you know in companies almost every company they go through this monthly business reviews or a quarterly business review and that generally happens on powerpoints you know ppts and and team starts creating the PPTs two weeks ago. They have to put the narratives. They have to put, again, they have to go to different tools, take the screenshots, copy paste it. And many of the time when they present the data, it's it's obsolete. It's like one week old, okay? And a lot of effort goes. What our intention is that how can we make this do or happen within hours and make the data really light? So it solves both the problem. It solves the leadership problem, that the data is live, and it solves the employees and the uh, business heads or the managers' problems that they don't have to work hard, and that's our way of solving and overcoming these challenges. So certainly, having to stop the redundancy and the multiple things. I mean, even even having multiple passwords to mm -hmm. remember is enough to make people crazy. Absolutely. Um, so let's as as we get to the end of our chat here, talk to me about the two or three main behaviors that if there was a system, obviously they should use Beeplebox, but assuming that they have some other system or there, there's something in place, what are the two or three behaviors that managers can change or perform that will help with alignment? 
that maybe they aren't doing now? Yeah, I, I think I think the first thing that we have learned and that it's it's a very top down thing. Uh, I think I think managers uh, have a have a certain constraint there because if from the leadership they don't have a way to align their cross-functional goals, there is very little managers can do. You know, if if I am a sales head and there is no way. I can go and align my goals with the product team or with the design team or with the operation team. There is very little my sales manager or the product manager can do about. It. So, well, so and it's the- very natural and it's very natural then to control what you can control, right? Absolutely. And the team becomes more insular and more nuclear. Absolutely. So so one of the things that we try and do is to go to the leadership or go to the business heads and say that, okay, this is this this needs to start from you. When you set your goals, either your quarterly goals or semi-annual goals, or annual goals, you got to set it in a more aligned and collaborative way. You know, and and the results will be magical. And then look at all the companies who have adopted OKRs or any on any cross-aligned frameworks. Okay, but and once that happens, then it is so magically for the managers because now they have the visibility that just wow them. I give you a very simple example. That is a problem in every company. So salespeople in every company are depend are hugely dependent on product. You know, they want a certain features because their customers or their leads are asking, but they have no way to view what is the status of that particular feature. So take take an example. Let's suppose you are a, you are a salesperson in a software company, and all your wannabe customers or hot leads are asking for say Microsoft Teams integration. So you call a product manager and say, hey, we need that. And product manager says, okay, we already have it in a roadmap. Now there's no way for you to know what is the status of that because that project is being run in a dev tool, say Jira or Microsoft Azure, which as a sales guy, I don't have access to, you know? So the only option now I have is to keep calling the manager, keep calling the engineers and say, hey, what's the status? Okay. And, and if for some reason, if this is delayed, there's no way for sales guy to know and I'll keep promising people and it's gonna come and bite me back very badly. Now the best, impact of this central system where our goals are aligned is that I as a sales guy can go and see everything, whatever happening in any department without even me having an access. And that creates this unbelievable visibility and focus so that we all go into the same direction. Okay, so as a manager, because I have this system, I am now no longer working in silo, the collaboration improves, the alignment improves, and that obviously makes sure that there is focus and everybody goes into the same direction. Okay, not just that. Just imagine I as a manager when I do my one-on-one, I have a clear eye now on all the goals. You know how they are aligned. What are the red flags? Where these red flags are coming from? They may be coming from different departments. When we are doing our performance review, we are goals are at the center of it. So any system that takes goals as an input, performance reviews, incentive management, rewards management, one-on-ones, you now have that system on a platter. You don't have to follow up people to update your goals, update the progress. That system is already made. So as a manager, my jobs become very easy. As an HR, my jobs become very easy. Well, and of course, one of the problems with goals is that because we aren't looking at them, we don't have a simple way to check them, right? It tends to get lost in the conversation of just the regular one-on-ones and the larger goals often don't get 
covered. Avi, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, this has been really, really eye-opening. I mean, first of all, the whole problem of alignment, and then second of all, why people resist tools that could help, uh, I, I think is is just worthy of raising the issue, if nothing else. Uh, thank you very much. We are going to have links to PeopleBox and to your contact and all that sort of thing on our website and on the show notes. If you go to longdistanceworklife.com, you will find all of this. We will have links to PeopleBox and to Avi. Uh, thank you for listening to the Long Distance Work Life. If you have questions, comments, vicious personal attacks, but especially questions, uh, we urge you, we have a spot on our website, get your questions in and we will answer them in one of our Q&A sessions like we're going to have next week with Marissa. Uh, you know the deal if you listen to podcasts, please like and subscribe, tell people about it. We really, really want others to hear these really good conversations. And of course, you can reach me, Wayne, at KevinEikenberry.com or Marissa at KevinEikenberry.com. And all of our episodes are available on LongDistanceWorkLife.com. On behalf of Marissa, on behalf of Abhi Chug, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And we hope to see you on the next episode of the Long Distance Work Life.